welcome to our emergency episode of Pop Culture Hill. There's been I'm, a lot of culture. Claire. Hi, that, Claire. I'm Siobhan. I can't let you finish a sentence. So no, God forbid. God forbid. <laughs> Not with this amount of culture to cover. So much pop, so much culture. <laughs> the Oscars were last night, y'all. So we are having a, an emergency record session on a Monday, which we've yeah, never done. No, I mean, basically we had this, if you listen to our last episode, it was an idea. I was like, oh, maybe we can do this. And pre-Oscars, I was like, hey, Siobhan, maybe we can just, you know, talk about the winners, you know, we'll just have a little easy little chit chat on a Monday night. What could possibly happen? <laughs> It was going to be the most boring Oscars of all time. Like it was seriously shaping up to be completely uneventful uh, in that no huge surprise wins. Like the people who you kind of thought were going to win won, And some of those were historic and are worth celebrating and talking about, but it was going to be like, wow, not like a flashy show. And then. Uh, Yeah. It also was just a bad show, right? Like I think let's, I I really got flashy for the wrong reasons. Yes. And I really just can't start with Will Smith. I would love for us to work our way into that. (laughs) Yeah. I, yeah, I feel good about that too. Which is just, I would love to say that this was, uh, I just want to start by saying this was bad. Like this was a bad show. I can't believe that they cut so much. And, and it was yet, still long and boring. It was one of the longest they've had. Yeah. It's like, and, and the kept, longest of the last handful of years for sure. And I kept having to remind Croy and myself that they did not actually cut shit for time. They cut shit for other shit. Yes, that's exactly what they did. They, they, we had a lot of host bits. I like that they did bring back clips. I love a clip show. I was confused by the choices of some of those clips. If I'm being completely honest with you, oh, I was like, yes. Also, we got to talk about the fan awards that happened. <laughs> Speed force. Speed force. The most cheer worthy moment in the history of cinema is of course, Splash entering the speed force. Thank God somebody finally fucking said it. Someone finally, I was watching this. I was like, what is actually happening? This was, it was just bizarre. It was like, it was deeply bizarre. We have to talk about the in memoriam segment. Oh my God. The in memoriam was bad. It was really bad. bad. They changed it in a strange way. It took me a while to figure out that I was like, this wasn't always like this, was it? I mean, first of all, it was post slap. So I think we all were still kind of reeling, but also it was the, the live upbeat choir really kind of, I mean, a live choir really. Oh, we have cry. to talk about speaking of live. We have to talk about the live. We don't talk about Bruno. I mean, there's so like, okay, we got to start at the beginning, which okay. is to say Beyonce opened the Oscars, not there, <laughs> but Lovely. Was also dressed as the sexiest tennis ball anyone has ever seen. Which of all the things to be, of all the people to do it, it's got to be Beyonce. But I was like, okay, here's the thing. Uh, We Don't Talk About Bruno was not nominated for an Oscar, right? Like, so the only reason they did it was for this um, contrived viral moment they were trying to make, right? Like, But then they fudged it they really fudged it well that's the point right of like it just goes to show again how weirdly produced this show was I can't even really fault the directing or any it just was like 
the whoever made this exist the way that it does like why shove we don't talk about bruno in the middle of the show if you're trying to make it like a big deal right like you're trying to make that like your big deal number you start the show with a nominated song by beyonce who of course everybody wants to see and i understand why they did it in compton and i understand why but maybe not the kickoff of the oscars Maybe right. you do, we don't talk about Bruno and do even a funny parody. I don't know. Who knows? Who's to say? But they fudged it. Tell me why you think they fudged it. Though we don't talk about Bruno. I thought the, uh, they cut everybody's favorite lyrics. Seven foot frame, rats Ugh. along his back. Why, where was I'm it? Literally doing a body roll as you just speak those words out loud. I associate him with the sound of falling sand. Like. Give me the ASMR. Like, why? A little you, dance. I love Why'd you take it? Yeah. I mean, I also was floored because I don't think I've ever seen Stephanie Beatrice with her hair pulled back from her face. So, <laughs> surprise. I was like, is that what she looks like? <laughs> I mean, I just um, was like, it, it was a weird uh, arrangement of that song. I love Meg. I was so happy to see oh, her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it well, was, I was like, why? Again, done more of the lyrics from the song, and and I would have been like, Yes, Meg. She looked fantastic. I was like, Gorge, loved her on the carpet, loved her there. But I'm like, Man, this was a it's a bad arrangement. It was somebody like very Disney, no shade, but Disney cruise ship energy. Where I'm like, Guys, (laughs) like, (laughs) do you feel like they were supposed to have like a couple more days rehearsal and and Lynn not being there last minute kind of? I don't know. I wonder how involved he was supposed to be. Cause that's a fair point. If Lin-Manuel Miranda was supposed to do that song, which is a different thing, but I still don't think it solves the arrangement problem and it doesn't solve the weird choice of lyrics and all that stuff. The reason I ask is because the whole show to me (laughs) had big, big, like high school end of year like huge theater gala where everything (laughs) goes wrong last minute but like the show fucking must go on energy where it was like maybe (laughs) you could have pulled this off the way you thought it was going to be if you had given yourself truly six more weeks of rehearsal that you just did not have Um, and I don't know why that I think you're completely right and I don't know why that is the the Oscars were coming you know they were uh, they were coming and it really did feel multiple times people missed their like teleprompter cues which happens but it happens also very touching because it was often the people who are not used to presenting or so I I thought that was very touching that uh that there was just a lot of actor support going on that I I did like the actor support but I was like can you yeah it was awkward you guys (laughs) like yeah my god it did feel like we cut the rehearsal it felt like rehearsal got cut and yeah, it's just strange, which just goes to, sh- that's not what people are watching the Oscars for, which is all of this is to say is like, nobody cares the about other thing that. that. I, and the other thing I think they forgot, and I, well, I may have made this point before. Mm. So if it sounds familiar, I think they forgot who the fuck the show is for. Yes. And we really felt that in this version yes. of the Oscars, that it, it does not work to cater this much to an at-home audience because 
kind of what's fun about the Oscars is feeling like you're, you're led into the club. Um, we want the insider secrets and like the insider moments and you can't manufacture that. You, you have to just film it. Yeah. There was a lot of attempts at manufacturing things through this show. Yeah. Like a lot of attempted manufactured viral moments when really, of course, what ended up going happen happening is the unscripted unrehearsed thing is what went the most viral and let's just say this had never happened right let's say will smith stayed in his chair and and none of that moment ever happened say chris rock had never said such a hateful comment (laughs) you know what i mean like yes which by the way apparently was unscripted this was a an improv he chose to do he made a a fucking gi jane joke in the year of our lord 2022 let alone the layers behind it but the fact period any gi jane joke in 2022 is like all right chris rock you can go back to your pop culture cave at this point but all of this is to say what goes viral from these shows is never the things that people try to make go viral. You know, what could right. have gone viral is um, Troy Kotzer's speech, which I thought was beautiful. Oh my God. One of my favorite moments of the night. Yeah. Stunning. So lovely. And so that type of thing is the thing I would sit on my couch and watch a thousand times, you know, yeah. that is what actually will go viral in these type of shows, but yeah. it's ABC is not going to believe that they want to have these like contrived moments, scripted viral virality, whatever. And it never, ever, ever, ever works. I think the Oscars, the 95th Oscars should be entrusted to me. (laughs) Okay. Um, And I would hire a team of documentary filmmakers as my directors for the 95th Oscars, because I, I think that is the energy we need or like, bring in the team that fucking edits real housewives because those folks know (laughs) what we want to see they know what we want to see as the public you know so um just get somebody with some expertise um and it's not that I don't think that the people who do who run the Oscars have expertise I just think it's they're wrong about the type of show that people want to see yeah I think that's exactly right I think that you know uh this the Oscars used to be Our friend Andrew wrote an incredible primer on the Oscars, 21 pages that you can DM us for access to because it is worth uh, a read, but I would like permission before I share it out. Um, It was I have already dropped it on my Instagram. I'm kidding. (laughs) I printed it and I've wallpapered my I've also tagged Andrew's cell phone number in it (laughs) so that you can text him directly when you disagree. I'm kidding. It's a bit. It's a good bet. But this was a 15 minute long ceremony that has now become this juggernaut in the industry with hundreds of millions of dollars and months and months of campaigning and all of this stuff. All of this is done in a very inside baseball way. That type of campaign is not shown to the casual person sitting on their couch who pops on the Oscars to see what Jessica Chastain is wearing for the night. They, that stuff is not shown. Um, yes. So what, when you are have an entire structure designed to be inside baseball, inside the industry, and then you attempt to say, just kidding, none of it's inside, you're invited, it, it, you're viral, it, no one cares. It makes no sense. It makes no. no sense to the viewers. I also think that they, when they, what they cut about the awards that they half cut, um, uh-huh. 
is is the part where people get up from their chairs and and are applauded by their colleagues yeah. and indus- fellow industry professionals and that's also when the viral moments happen yes. it's like people walking up and interacting with each other and uh like Jennifer Lawrence tripping on her dress yes. right like if we cut the walk up to accept the award you never have that moment yeah uh, which was iconic right so you can't have it both ways Exactly. And I think what they tried to do again, they like attempted to make these things shorter, faster, more viral, whatever it is. And they, they ruined that opportunity. Right. But they also took away some incredibly hard work and some incredible artists and their moment. I read that. um, So those, the cut for time ones where they showed like a clip of the, you know, like, Oh, look, best sound. Here you go. Those, those awards, which were done pre-broadcast um Jessica Chastain went to the red carpet early and then went and sat in the theater and watched all of those awards and I think that was an incredibly smart and classy move by her I agree spent a lot of her campaign talking about other people who worked on Eyes of Tammy Faye she's been very vocal about that and I, I really appreciated that there was a great um there's a there's a just a great image of her. And I think it's Riz Ahmed, um, from that early part. That's just very fun. And similarly, I thought a very classy move was the costume designer from Cruella thanking all of the heads of the other departments, including several who won and won right for Cruella in in hair and makeup, um, in the pre-broadcast part. And so I thought that was uh, also classy. I thought it was very classy comparatively. I also do hang on hair and makeup went to eyes of Tammy Faye, but okay. she did think, right. but she, she did, did thank them. them but they were nominated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they were nominated in that category. It's um, like when Melanie Linsky won the, was it critics choice award and thanked her nanny and everybody laughed. And she was like, no, no I'm not kidding. We're thanking my nanny. <laughs> we're thanking my nanny. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when I see the costume designer thinking all these other like heads of departments, like saying, you know, Emma Stone with no hair and makeup in my dresses means nothing. I thought it was beautiful. And it mm-hmm. bums me out that the whole audience didn't get to see those a and B that even the viewing audience felt shortchanged in these moments again, to get like Amy Schumer coming from the ceiling in a Spider-Man costume, you know, making a joke about calling the cops on black people in the first five minutes of the show. I was like, it was tough. this. I don't need tough. This I don't need. And I don't need these extended bits. I just, uh, the extended bits, man, is not why anybody watches the Oscars. That is not, they think those are the things that are going to go viral. And again, as we very clearly see, didn't work. Woody Harrelson got distracted doing his own bit. Yes. Literally in between saying, and the Oscar goes to... And reading the fucking so name. Annoying. We waited for like a minute while he did a whole bit about being a person. And it was very funny and charming, but I was like, oh my God, Woody, read the name yep. on the card. Yep. And speaking of moments between reading the name on the card, the best supporting actor moment where that, uh, I'm going to pull up the actress's name because I don't have it handy, signed Troy Kotzer's name before she said oh, it out loud. Yeah really made my heart so warm. I was like, that is the sweetest. She took the time to learn that. Like, I just found that to be so lovely. Oh, I, I thought she was fantastic. Um, 
and I am totally blanking on her name and I have texted it to a thousand, I've texted about her to a thousand people today. My mom and I were talking about that moment last night because I was similarly very touched also by her then staying up and holding the award for him so that he could sign. Yeah, Zhang Yun. Um, yes. Yeah, yeah, Zhang Yun. Yeah, she was fantastic. So sweet. And she told such a funny joke about being so annoyed that nobody pronounced her name right last year. <laughs> and she was like, oh, my mother told me you reap what you sow. And I really should <laughs> listen to her because now I am very nervous about having to say so sweet. Names. It was really sweet. Can um, we also talk about the big theater kid energy that Ariana DeBose gave in her speech? Like, can you ask for a more like theater kid winning I, the Jimmy's I moment? I love her. It was incredible. <laughs> it was incredible. That was such a good her. moment. I adore her, but it she really, I watched it and I was like, that is a theater. Like she the also theater kid is, is that moment. She also, there was a moment where John Leguizamo made a joke about holding 13 inches of a Mexican in your hand because of who the Oscar yes. statue is. Yes. And she, they panned to her and she was doing some great crowd work in, <laughs> in the audience there. It was very fun. So I love her. And I'll be, I loved her in West Side Story. I know she was a shoe in. I know people said oh, yeah. there were other people in the category who could have won it, but as someone who really loved West Side Story, I thought she was incredible. I don't, I, I thought the Bernardo of that movie was so incredible and their chemistry was so incredible, but I mean, she was incredible though. I mean, how many times do you say incredible? Oh. I knew she was going to win it, but it was yeah, I agree. amazing to see. She was a revelation to me in that I, I was not familiar with her work before seeing West Side Story mm-hmm. and I had not really watched any promos for it. Cause I kind of like, I knew I was going to watch it. Yeah because I'm a big nerd about theater and musical theater. I love, cause it's just fun to listen to people sing. It is. And I love Shakespeare. So I love the time, ta- you know, I'm, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, plus I love to be critical of things and West side story is easy to be critical of so fun <laughs> to be critical of because it's so messed up in so many layered fucked up ways. It's so yep. enjoyable. Um, she shocked me. I thought she was incredible. Incredible. Um, I, I also really love seeing Rita Moreno respond uh, to her. I thought that was very touching as well. So I cool. really thought that West Side Story was going to win production desi- design. No, and man. Both of us were wrong, to be fair. I thought that's I where they were going to give it to him. I can't believe that we only got one Oscar for Steven Spielberg's first musical and it's West Side Story. Imagine saying that sentence a year ago. You know, like that is unbelievable to me. I can't believe that we gave produ- production design going to dune is the only thing i'm really mad about dune winning like <laughs> it it was sand and ship shipping containers i i don't know why that one against i i'm sorry i know that's very very <laughs> I, I dismissive but the the <sighs> just the intricate sets uh, in Nightmare Alley, which was kind of a messy movie to me that I, I don't know, take it or leave it, man, that movie. But the production design of that movie was so cohesive, was so aesthetically pleasing and atmospheric and really, really put you in, in the world of the movie. It's also, that's one, that's the only thing that I thought the tragedy of Macbeth should win mm. um, because I, I hated that. But I did think it was gorgeous. Um, 
Yeah. It's interesting. I, the Dune win on this, I find to be very interesting for the reasons that you said, but also it just is, goes to show how out of touch the Oscars are that they spent this entire like show trying to show up, you know, basically wrote an excuse to attempt to give Spider-Man a fan favorite Oscar because they knew that people didn't watch these movies that Dune, which was, I think the most commercially like viable of any of the movies that nominees that people saw that people had opinions on like it or not that Mm -hmm. movie swept all of those untelevised Oscars and also had probably the most star power of any of these casts I think just goes to show how absolutely wrong the Academy production team was on this it just goes to show again like look what you did and I was really struck by, I found it very touching. Every single person who won for Dune said mm-hmm. something really heartfelt about the director. Yeah. was like, Danny, like, this is for you. I am so grateful for this opportunity to work on this masterpiece of a film. Like, it tells you so much about how collaborative a process filmmaking is. And, yeah. and it's and really how- special and powerful that like his crew felt that way working on his movie. And Um, how uh, mad they all were he wasn't nominated for Best Director. Like, that's the other thing, that Dune can go win this movie editing. Okay, we're looking at it. Visual effects, cinematography, film editing, score, sound, production design. No Best Director, none. Not not on one. it it, It makes no sense at all to me. You cannot award that movie every single one of those categories and not nominate the director like that just is as somebody who didn't see dune has no desire to see dune i'm gonna fuck like it's fine i find that to be absolutely shocking i I like dune i thought i mean i i don't disagree with the hate it gets it was long and not a ton happens and I can't wait to see the second part where it seems like the real shit goes down. And there's so much what my real issue with Dune. Wow. I'm actually talking myself out of this, this take. I actually don't (laughs) like Dune. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't believe this is happening. I just remembered that my issue with Dune is that the world building is bad because they plonk you in the middle of this world and then the thing they don't explain to you is the thing that they that you want them to explain to you, which is how does the magic work and what is it? Yeah. And they don't give you any of it. And I found that infuriating. Um, and I'm certain it's I'm just certain it's not how the book is written. Like there's no possible way that this is how the book goes. So I was talking a, about the I was talking about the book with somebody recently and it is not how the book goes. Yeah. It's like fuck you give me the magic building <laughs> like how does the magic work um I so that was very frustrating I'll stop cursing at people mm, your kitchen, your kitchen after, after work Siobhan is yeah this is Monday Monday night after hours we got to talk about Coda we did do got to talk about Coda did you watch Coda I watched Coda and I only watched probably the first three quarters of it because the last quarter I couldn't see through my own tears I would guess but Mm -hmm. we can say I I watched it (laughs) I watched the whole thing um do you think it was that movie do you think it was the best picture of the year no I think that's the general consensus I felt similarly beautiful I loved it it I love Marley Matlin forever I will put Marley Matlin in anything doing anything at any moment in any time because I love her so much 
I will never forget her as Joey Lucas on the West Wing. Classic. Oh, let alone classic. Every, everything else she's ever done, including the last time she, she a deaf person and only time a deaf person has won an Oscar um, was her work mm-hmm. until this year. Um, but I don't at all think adapted screen. You thought the screenplay was the best part of Coda. I'm not sure that's true. I wondered I just about it was that lovely. because I haven't, yeah, I, I haven't read the book. So that, that adapted screenplay is a hard category to me. If you don't know both versions, like if you've all, like, it's mm, hard to know fair. without having read the source, like what would have been particularly difficult about adapting it and why maybe, maybe that's part of it. Like that mm-hmm. it's just so close. Um, but yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm looking at the these the other stuff in there and I'm like, I, I I don't know. I didn't see these movies, so I don't want to speak too much about like what could have or should have won. All I can say is having seen Coda, that was not the best picture of the year. Did I, I... love it? Yes, I thought it was so it warmed my heart. But of all the movies on this list, it would not be my top. I um, think I saw. What's nominated for. What was nominated for Best Picture? I think I saw almost everything in Best, best Picture. Best Picture was Coda, which won. Mm-hmm. Belfast. Mm-hmm. Don't Look Up. Drive My Car. Dune. King Richard. Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley. Power of the Dog. And West Side Story. Okay, I only didn't see Belfast. I can't believe of all the movies you haven't seen Belfast. It's the only one I didn't get for free, baby. <laughs> What can I say? Um, that'll, I did, that'll do it. Uh, I did not see Belfast. It's on my list. But the other thing is, I know Belfast is a good movie. So I wasn't worried about seeing it before the Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Everything it, else, somebody, I was like, I, I have to see it before the Oscars. As somebody who watched Belfast, I thought it was lovely. Kind of like Coda to me. I was like, yeah. great movie. No, I'm uh, next this time next year. Never going to think about it. Drive My Car was hands down the best film that I have seen this year, except for the film that was not nominated for anything, which is Passing. Mm. And those two films might be tied for actual best film. And when I say that, I mean, what is a story that and interestingly enough, best at adapted screenplay. Um, yeah, true. And best director and best cinematographer. I would, I would give them, I would tie them for those four categories. Mm. Um, they, they both use film to tell the story in a way that I don't think a lot of the other best picture nominees, nominees do like mm. could not be told and it like, couldn't do it in a TV mm. show. Couldn't do it as a limited, like this was a fucking feature film for a reason. Um, yeah, just like a beautiful use of the medium, beautiful use of, of cinematography, um, foreshad- like visual foreshadowing. Um, both completely wrecked me. Just like shocking to me that, that they were not nominated, that, that passing was not nominated at all and that Drive My Car did not win for anything else wild Uh, mix up for best international yeah but yeah I mean I just I I think unfortunately a lot of the coda vote was a I think there's a lot of vote splitting with some of these especially this best picture category I mean I mean this is the issue with the ranked choice voting Mm -hmm. 
But my thing more is that like, I think there are a lot of people who felt really good about themselves for voting for a movie about um, and starring uh, deaf people. Like, I think Mm. that unfortunately there is a lot of that in like liberal communities or whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of self-congratulation. The number of times I heard the, the representation in CODA was so fierce I, on the red carpet. I was like, oh man, tough because I, I loved that movie. And I thought it was such a universal movie about family told through a very specific lens, right? Which is the ch- children, a uh, child of deaf adults, Coda, the music thing. I loved it. I loved the actors. I thought the performances were amazing. I thought their use of sign language, the way they told that story through sound. I, I mm-hmm. really thought it was lovely. Oh, me too. I think there's a lot of self-congratulation by liberals. Well, even just what you're describing, right? Like the representation was, what'd you say? <laughs> was Oh, like fierce. Like yeah, truly fierce. it was like- It's a oof. movie full of white people where three of the roles are played by deaf actors. Like that's not actually like a, a huge percentage of the cast even. I mean- Yeah. yeah. Uh, written by I, the- what's The adapted the screenplay is written by Sean. Who, I don't know I what her connection name. to the deaf community was, but I know that she isn't mm. herself. That, uh, be, and I, I guess I shouldn't Coda. speak. A Coda. Yeah. I mean, Coda? I'm not sure. I don't want to speak too much about this because now I'm kind of talking yeah. out of my ass. Um, but I do, I do think that there was a lot of back padding for that. Um, just from what I saw on the red carpet. And that is a bummer because that movie deserves to stand on its own merits, which is one that is really fucking good. It's a great movie and I should agree. be allowed to stand for that. Um, but I think that when I'm looking at the rest of this, like I said this before about eyes of Tammy Faye, I was going to be mad if she won for it. If Jessica Chastain won and she did, I will but say you my- weren't mad because she's a class act. So you were like, exactly. Great I to have all- a moment in the sun. I was not mad at Jessica Chastain winning an Oscar. I was mad at her winning for, for this. this. Yeah. <laughs> um, Cause it just, it, it was, it, it was not a, not worth an Oscar in my mind. I think Andrew, uh, Andrew has a really great point. Um, he has this theory that all Oscars should be three years out that the, that you should, I agree with this. And this was going to be a hill of mine at one point. And then I couldn't figure out like how to construct it in our format. So I'm very glad that all of the 2022 movies we'd actually vote on and do in 2025. Cause when you look back, at like recent winners or whatever, you look back at these things going shape of water beat, get out. Like, that's what we're saying. Like in now feels absolutely unhinged behavior. Um, and so I think that this Jessica Chastain winning for eyes of Tammy Faye, which is objectively a, not a good movie, um, a, an objectively bad movie. In fact, I will say it. Um, I also think this was a bad category as we discussed last time. Like there's yeah. just, this was a tough category because in the three-year model, right? In 2025, we'd be nominating completely different people. Yeah. Um, I also in just category. think in general, this was not a great movie year. Like when we talk about all of these things and I'm looking at this list, I don't think this was a great year for movies. I think that there were some great movies that came out, but when we talk about like, this has been a weird kind of in COVID, post-COVID, like 
the a lot of these movies have either been sitting in limbo waiting to release at a specific time or had to film in covid which had its own restrictions and things yeah. like that and i think it left us with uh, a year full of stuff i i was not called to see a lot of this i was going to say i also think we're this is a year where the split between highbrow lowbrow is really stark like a lot of what people yeah watched and liked and talked about on the internet is kind of dismissed out of hand by the academy as as not cinema Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. like um free guy was only nominated for one thing and it could have been nominated for best screenplay i'll I'll say it it's very funny (laughs) uh i loved it um should have won arguably for for visual effects those visual effects blew my mind i love that anyways um or black widow right or spider-man right mm-hmm. these movies that are considered like kind of lowbrow mm-hmm. um or even like awarded in this way yeah animation is cinema and the fact that we keep relegating a lot of um, i don't know if you ever saw mitchell's the mitchell's versus the machine oh yeah i, I loved, loved the mitchell's movie. versus the machine loved that movie and i think a lot of times these types of movies these you know the marvels of it all the animation of it all mm-hmm. the comedies the all this stuff the Tick Tick Boom wasn't nominated, which bummed me. I thought Tick Tick Boom should have been nominated for more stuff than it. Andrew Garfield's performance. Andrew Garfield was unreal in that movie, and it I mean, should have been nominated so for more. Good. Yeah, Linda Miranda I, should have been nominated for Best Director because I don't know how the hell you take a man who's never sung ever in his life and then you get him to do that in a movie. It should be illegal. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. And so I think that there's, there's this, the history here, right. Of these types of movies, not kind of breaking the threshold. And I, I think you're exactly right that this, the highbrow versus lowbrow quote unquote, uh, gap does feel very stark, especially this year. Yeah. Um, and I, I think, you know, I can look at all these things and say, you know, Jane Campion winning power of the dog, whatever, go for it. Okay. You know, like, Go ahead, go ahead. Some of these, I would love to see. I thought the costume design in Corella was great, to be fair. Deserved to win. That was incredible. Yeah. I stand the West Side Story costume design personally. I really- I do get that and I'm not knocking it. Yeah. Incredible detailed nuance work. I also like really fell down a rabbit hole of like the ensemble cast Instagram when West Side Story came out and they all were posting about like, first of all, Steven Spielberg learned all of their- Mm-hmm. real names and character names and would call, say hello to them by name which seems small but is not I think anybody in any workplace can remember a time their boss didn't remember their name and I'm sure it was much smaller than Steven Spielberg's set um and also your boss probably wasn't Steven Spielberg tragically um you combine that with what the the attention to detail that that entire production team did from Tony Kushner and on you know through the entire production team I thought the costume design in particular, people really, all of the ensemble members were just absolutely floored by the specificity and the, um, the work that they did. I mean, Anita's yellow dress alone, what they did for that, I think was an incredible, I, that America number for gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I thought Cruella was fun. I mean, those costumes are great. It's Cruella. She's a fashion designer. Of course, they're going to be a trip. And so a, a lot of these, I felt kind of like meh on again, so, which is I was not called to see a lot of them. 
it's, it's also so interesting because what you're bringing up for me is like, why, like, what do you want to see awarded? Right. Why do you want to celebrate something? So for me, mm-hmm. I am always more impressed by, um, not more impressed, but the thing that I'm like, wow, how did you do that about the costume design and West Side Story is something that feels more like styling mm-hmm. and less like creating a, a world that only makes sense because of the clothing that people have on in this world. Like the, the costumes in Cruella make the characters make sense in a way that watching West Side Story makes me feel like I'm watching a, a, a world of people who really know how to dress themselves from their own closet, which is its own feet. True. And like is incompre- incomprehensibly difficult to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's why it's silly that we have to give only one award at all, yeah. right? Because really what I'm describing is like, those are two different reasons to give the same award to two different movies. Mm-hmm. And it just depends, like whichever one is the thing that makes you go, ooh, that's cool, is yeah. going to be the thing that you're like, oh, I'm glad that that won, right? That like, that's just my personal yeah. interest. I just, I, I find that fun when I watch a movie. I um, agree. I disagree with you about the categorization of West Side Story costumes for me, but again, yeah. I did a real friggin' deep well, dive. I was going to say, I, this is also, yeah. And this is, and one of the things that I was most struck by when watching West Side Story was thinking about how they changed some of, um, some pretty well-known costuming choices mm-hmm. that kind of like always get done with a, a musical like West Side Story that gets done over and over and over again. So I, was interested in that stuff. Um, but I definitely so, have not done the, the deep, deep dive. dive. It's, I highly recommend it. They're very charming. Um, all of those ensemble members also mm-hmm. just so many hot people. And as we both know, we love hot people. I respect hot people. I love hot people, hot people forever. Um, so this is kind of, we've talked about a lot of these and I think we would be unfortunately remiss not to talk about, um, Will Smith smacking Chris Rock on stage, um, which you and I have been texting a little bit about today. And I know both of us have been, uh, at least lurkers in the online chatter about it. Um, and I would love if you kick this off, like, what do you want to say about this? Uh, okay. This is, I'm, I'm going to stop trying to, sh- I'm going to try to stop shaking my little desk with all the drawers <laughs> that jingle. So we get some crisp audio here. I think it, we, I have to start with, uh, just acknowledging that this is the worst kind of conversation to have on the internet, um, or on a podcast, uh, because, well, a podcast is a better format to be honest, um, just because it, it requires nuance, um, and it requires us to hold multiple things in our brains simultaneously without seeing any of them as contradictory or mutually Mm -hmm. exclusive. Um, And I think that is something that is very, very hard uh, to do. And I also think that um, it is really important that like, I'm not going to try to convince anybody to see it my way in this conversation. Like this is, this is a conversation that has to do with, um, the way you, you are emotionally reacting to a pretty fucked up situation, however you want to slice the cake. Yep. Um, yep. and I, I have been trying to not use the, the truth or what I see as true as like a, a bludgeon, mm-hmm. um, for my own sake. So 
I'm going to lean into that. Um, I've seen a lot on the internet today about how white people can't have an opinion about this or shouldn't be talking about this. And I want to, I also want to give my two cents there because I have liked a lot of those things because I think it's the quickest way to kind of sum up my actual perspective, which is that anybody is of course capable and does have an opinion about just about anything, anything. Yes. And, and also I think what those comments get out for me is that there is there is a layer here that is about walking through life every day all of the time as a black woman and as a black man mm-hmm. and the amount of shit that piles up on you because of that identity um and that like that is the whole conversation that that's everything to me um and I think if you don't know what that is you might you might know a little bit about what that's like from other parts of your life um but this is like really specifically about race and gender mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and, I mean, and ability and and ability yes um and the intersection of those th- three things yeah. um because Yeah. And so if you, if you, if you don't have all of that context from your own lived experience, it's possible that you don't, don't understand what it felt like or what it might feel like, um, or what, what we're, what people are trying to describe, what black people are trying to describe about like what we're seeing in this situation, um, which is not the same thing because black people are not a a monolith. Um, Mm -hmm. and we all have different nuanced opinions and feelings. Um, yeah. Uh, and then I'll say that, like, I thought, I don't think physical violence is the move. I'm, I'm not into it. Uh, and I rarely support it. And also I, think it is unfair and anti-black to be honest and uh to act as if will smith was an aggressive instigator who violently struck chris rock out of nowhere um because it is true that chris rock uh made a joke which i'm going to put in in quotations made a comment that was ableist and offensive uh, and built on years of misogynoir and pointed attacks at Jada Pinkett Smith specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, so Will Smith, I-, I feel like lost his fucking goddamn mind, <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. um, in a way that is highly relatable as a person with a short fuse. So um, I don't think he should have hit Chris Rock in the face, but I, I do feel in my body why he did in a way that makes it impossible for me to just want to condemn him. And also this is, this is a, a space in which we've seen a lot of wild things go down over the years um, and where people have not had their Oscars revoked. Um, so that feels like the silliest of all outcomes to me. Um, but as a person, the big theater kid energy, Claire Reinhardt to bring that back, like as a person who has been in a, in a space that suddenly felt physically unsafe, I also think that they probably should have asked him to leave um, mm-hmm. because he did physically assault somebody. Um, yeah, that's my two cents. That's like 18 cents. You're welcome. That's more than 18 cents. I'll give you that. It, I mean, it's hard. I think what you mentioned at the top, which is that this is a nuanced conversation is one that I keep coming back to that. This is like, unfortunately in the age of the internet and the age of, hot takes and of 140 characters and 24 hour news cycle cryons and 
all of this, we just live in a society in which people who, particularly people who are chronically online or who have made some sort of part of their life or living their online persona, which can tap anyone from Glennon Doyle to a doctor who tweets about COVID to a journalist, to an actor, to all these people, right? You know, to Judd Apatow um, who tweeted something stupid. And so like, I think in this culture, you are supposed to have the hottest, freshest, fastest take. And that is completely not conducive to a conversation or to the situation that happened, which you're right, is incredibly layered. The layers of the history of whatever you want to say about a Jada Pinkett Smith and the way people talk about her and talk about Will Smith, the way Chris Rock has talked about her and has talked about Will Smith, the way that she has publicly talked about her alopecia, which is an autoimmune disorder, which I think was another crux of misunderstanding. I've seen some bad takes on the internet about people being like, why is hair loss a disability? And I'm like, okay, we, we can't start there. Because <laughs> she is very clearly talked about alopecia. Um, the layers of what we've seen in the media about Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith's relationship over the last year and the way they've tried to talk about it. Um, so the misogynoir, so many people have so many bad takes about, I mean, it's truly the, just the worst, bad, bad takes, bad. And like, and also Will and Jada are Scientologists. Like all of this is, yeah. I mean, (laughs) that's the other thing is I, I hate, I hate having to defend either Chris Rock or the Smiths, to be very honest with you. Like, I don't like the, the position that I have been put in. Yes. They're, those they're are three also, people who's, who I usually don't align myself with yes. on most subjects. So. And who are also the other thing, incredibly, incredibly rich and yeah. have a layer of privilege within all of this. That is like a whole other layer. So uh, there is no hot take for me to take. In, in fact, my take is to not have a take on this. That, I love like, that. I just, first of all, I think more people learn how, need to learn how to shut the fuck up. Like I just, more people just need to shut up. She says the, into the ministry, podcast microphone. <laughs> the Nat ministry retweeted something along those lines. That was very good. That was just like, just, just knowing when your voice is needed in a conversation is a particular kind of discernment that a lot of people need to get a better grip on. Mm-hmm. But, but this chronically online take has led to all these bad takes that are that are almost always based on some sort of hypothetical or bad faith argument. Like I saw a great tweet from Django Gold that said, just imagine how this all would have gone down if Chris Rock was a white man and if Will Smith was a Chinese man. And if instead of slapping him, he shot him with a laser tag gun. And instead of the Oscars, this had happened at a laser tag facility. It's like, that has been every argument, right? Like imagine if that was Betty White or Bob Saget. Imagine if that was Amy Schumer. Imagine if da, da, da. And I'm like, nobody, those things didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And I, I could play a hypothetical game all day about any of this. And no one should do that because it's not conduct. It's, it's not conducive to anything. So what I will say is I do believe that I was talking about this earlier with Hank, where he was like, I think the Academy has to do something. And I, and this is part of a longer thing, right? That a conversation that Hank and I had. So I don't want to be reductive about Hank's perspective, but this sparked this thing with me where I was thinking about this idea that I don't think the Academy has to be some sort of, they're not a union. 
they're not a like they're so sorry finish yes it's that they're not they don't have to be the end all be all judgment on criminality or whatever because I also think that we're talking about an organization that has awarded 81 Oscars to Harvey Weinstein and have not asked him to take it back we're looking at an organization where um Woody Allen still has his Oscars where Roman Polanski was Mm -hmm. given an Oscar in absentia because he cannot return to the United States without being arrested for statutory rape. Um, We are talking about a show in which I have sat and watched Casey Affleck and Joaquin Phoenix and man after man after man. And I'm sure I know for a fact, some women win. William Hurt was in the fucking in memoriam. He was. Thank you for bringing that up. William Hurt was in the in memoriam. So I'm looking at all this and I think about this organization and I go, okay, well, what's the common denominator of suddenly everybody deciding there are consequences, right? And the common denominator I see is that this is a black man. And so I think that this is the thing that I stand by where I go, I don't know that the Academy has to be a punisher. I don't know that they have to pass a judgment on this because I think there's a lot to pass judgment on. I also don't know what the answer is. I'm not sure that they can, you know, do nothing. You know, I'm not sure that there there can't be consequences, but I do think that when I look at Harvey Weinstein's 81 Oscars, it makes me sick to my stomach. Yeah. So this is this is what I was going to say. This is the complication for me is that because I agree with you. And also, I think that the Oscars telecast is a union house. I think that's a union production. So I think, I think they do have to file like an incident report Mm -hmm. because something happened at work. Somebody got hurt, but that's what I think it should be, right? Like these are, this is essentially (laughs) Chris Rock was at work and Mm -hmm. Will Smith showed up and slapped him in the face. Like there needs to be, Chris Rock has already said he's not interested in pressing criminal charges. Mm -hmm. Um, So whatever the workplace consequences of an employee being slapped in the face are not an employee, a a contractor, right? And yeah, essentially, yeah, it being slapped in the face are like that needs to happen. I'm not. And by needs to, I mean, I logically understand that that would be what happens. Um, But I agree with you that like I'm not looking for and I don't think anybody should be looking for the Academy Awards to tell the entire world how we handle a situation like this. Mm -hmm. Yes. I also think that you are spot on. The thing that leaves a really bad taste in my mouth is that everybody always gets really excited about consequences for black people. Yeah. And not consequences for Adrian fucking Brody who kissed Halle Berry on the lips when he yeah. got up to accept his Thank you for bringing that award. up. Yep. Um, which is something I did not know about because I was too young to be paying attention and I read about it today in the LA Times. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, like, and this, like, shocking things have happened at the Oscars. Um, Yeah, I mean, they had to hold back John Wayne from beating the shit out of a Native woman who accepted an award on behalf of Marlon Brando. He was mm -hmm. physically held back because he would have assaulted her. And this is is after he physically assaulted Monty Cliff, his co-star in mm -hmm. Red River, for being gay. Mm -hmm. He was a giant asshole. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So these are the things, right? Of like where, who gets the consequence? The question is always who gets the consequences. And I think if you are a thinking person, you know what the answer is, unfortunately. And so 
I, I, again, this is all nuanced. And I think that I'm really, I don't want to see another meme that is weirdly racially coded. I don't want to see another, like a lot of people calling Will Smith a thug today. A lot of people calling him ghetto. A lot, lot of people of saying that his family man persona is a mask. Um, a lot, a lot of weird a lot of people oh. calling him an abuser. Here's the other thing that is, that is racially complicated to me is that I think if the, I do, I'm going to play the game. I do find it interesting to think about if Will Smith were a white guy who had just played this role of mm. fucking Richard Williams, who was a volatile and angry person. Yeah. I think we'd be hearing a lot more this morning. If this was Jared Leto, we'd be hearing a fucking shit ton about the method of the acting method and being too in character and the toll it takes and that, that Will Smith hadn't given himself enough time to shake the character off. And he was just too in the role. It's like, I will play not this game. I will play a reality, which is that Judd Apatow tweeted something earlier about, um, how, you know, Will Smith. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't see it. <laughs> so basically Judd Apatow tweets like a, a bad thing, right? And he's already deleted it. So I don't need to like repeat it to anybody, but I will say it was essentially like he could have killed, he could have killed Chris Rock, you know, could have killed him. And uh, somebody responded and was like, oh, wow, how interesting you have this opinion when on the set of Freaks and Geeks, James Franco smacked and choked Busy Phillips and body slammed her on the ground on the set of your TV show. Is that how, could he have killed her then? Did you react the same way then? And so like, we don't even need to play the game, right? Like right. the game is hot, the game exists. Um, the, the, the non-hypotheticals exist in every aspect of this exact conversation um, that I'm looking at, the, like, come on, dude. That it really just... It comes down to, for me, again, I have a hard time faulting some opinions. I fault a lot of opinions, but I have a hard time faulting a domestic violence survivor for having an incredibly shit night after watching something like that. Like, yes. I think I have a hard time saying, saying, you know, you shouldn't be triggered, honey, like gross. I would never. Right. So I, but I also can hold at the same time, like a disability advocate and person that I follow, Amani Barbarin, who, who's been tweeting a lot about, you know, this idea that there's no room for violence, right? Like, what do you call everything that's been done <laughs> essentially throughout history to people with disabilities, disabled people? You know, there's a lot of violence. There's a lot of mm -hmm. systemic violence. And there's a lot of just one-to-one -one physical violence that exists for people um, in the, uh, across the range of ability. Right. And so I, yeah. I cannot fault Imani the same way I cannot fault a survivor, the same way I cannot fault, you know, think, I think about Jada, God, right. You know, I think about Will and this night when he finally, finally wins this Oscar after years and years and years, and finally is able to do this. And he's, he's a shoe in, He's going to win it. And we get this. And Chris Rock got fucking smacked in the face at work. You know, he did not go to work to get smacked in the face. I can, I have whatever opinions I want to, but I can look at all those things and go, I, I mean, that's not what Chris Rock signed up for when he went right. to work that day. Right. And I think there's a layer. So then I saw something on, I saw a friend uh, post this very smart thing on Facebook about how um, we also have a, a history in our society of, um, 
treating physical violence and psychological or emotional verbal violence uh, uh, differently. Yeah. Um, as if physical violence is the only one that causes harm. Um, and that's also just not true. And also, and he, he was making a larger, much more nuanced point, but I thought that was really uh, interesting. Um, there was something else that I was going to respond to that you said, but yeah, yeah. Overall, I also feel like, what does it matter what my moral opinion of these two, like, I, (laughs) I could, I, 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 I don't, it doesn't matter what I think of these two men at the end of the day, but I agree with you. And this is what I meant about the, like, I'm not going to try to change anybody's mind. Like, I do think a lot of this is about how you read that moment based on your actual live, lived experience. Um, and I, I also found it really upsetting, um, because like, as a person who has been mad at my partner for, getting upset when I like what if we've been walking down the street and somebody's like harass if there's some street mm-hmm. harassment that goes down I have been upset with how my partner responds to that mm-hmm. because I feel like it takes some of my autonomy away like, mm-hmm. I, like I'm the one it's happening to I'm the one who gets to decide what the response is yeah and and you getting violent with them actually freaks me out more yeah um and now I feel doubly unsafe so I'm I'm also thinking about like thinking about that. I'm wondering how Jada felt. I'm wondering how the whole night went for her after this. Um, I'm wondering, I'm thinking about any time that anybody has tried to gear themselves up and put on a good outfit and put on a brave face and pretend that they're not um, anxious about, about the thing that they are anxious about Mm -hmm. only to have somebody call it out in a, in a cruel way. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just, again, it's, there are a thousand layers to this. And I think the issue is I'm not sure there is a right answer that's involved in any of this that doesn't harm someone. Um, and I think that that type of conversation is not what is built for our internet right now. And it's not what's built for most conversations. And I don't even think that we're doing a perfect job of it. Right. Like there's just, no, I don't, I don't even know if this makes a lot of sense. I, 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 who knows? I mean, you make sense to me, but I could be a fucking Muppet for all I know, you know, like there's just no. And so we're looking at this and it just, it, the whole thing at the end of the day, I think just really makes me sad that like, I, I hate that people are villainizing Will Smith who has spent decades of his career really trying to be, you know, the biggest movie star in the world and has been successful and has been on kind of a vulnerability tour the last couple of years. He wrote a book, all those jokes, like a man will punch somebody in the face at work or at the Oscars before going to therapy. Bitch, Will Smith has been to therapy. He's been to a lot of therapy and he is needs very to go back though. Cause that Listen, speech freaked me out. Oh, Cause that's the other thing we haven't even talked about is the speech was bad. That part, that part raised abuse red flags to me. Like the speech was creepy. The like, my behavior is justified because I am a protector and I am a vessel of love. And so anything that you see for me that you don't read as being an act of love is, is just you not understand I was like yeah that was a very fast PR how can we make this and it was make it about your family and I how how true if he even wrote those words I can't tell you how much he believes them I can't tell you he said them at the end of the day and he said them 20 minutes after we watched him commit a physical act of violence against somebody you know like 
that you cannot you cannot not connect them. You have to connect them. I could just say that you have to connect them. Big Thanos energy. That's what I'll say. <laughs> Big Thanos energy. That's the tweet. There you go. That's your take. Yeah, that that's you my put take. On, Big that's your Thanos viral energy. Twitter. That's your viral Twitter. But yeah, I mean, that really, all of this is, is to say that I think a lot of people jumped really fast to a take that they have since had to walk back. I'm seeing a lot of deleted tweets. I'm seeing a lot of, I'm listening, I'm learnings. And I'm like, or you could just not, not maybe spout every opinion. So you can be the fastest and first opinion that maybe a, a lot of people should shut up and b just you you have to give space to all the layers of this conversation and all the layers of this one small moment in time that unfortunately would now be the thing that people walk away from poor quest love winning an oscar oh and my giving gosh. It a beautiful speech. and crying and i couldn't tell if he was crying because of what he was saying about his father father and his family or if he was feeling no idea. like shaken up about what it just happened i'm assuming it's a combination what a shocking thing the other shocking thing to come from it was P. Diddy, Sean P. Diddy Combs being the voice of reason. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew? knew? That's when you know you're on the dark side. Diddy came <laughs> out and was like, y'all, let's get through this sensibly. Let's work it out like family. I was like, like grown adults. And I was like, oof, not me with my jaw on the floor. <laughs> I also love that they let him do the Godfather tribute. Why Sean P. Diddy Combs? I have, there's, we didn't even touch on like the weird music choices. We didn't touch on the weird clip choices. We didn't touch on the, we didn't get to see Samuel L. Jackson win his Oscar, but we did get to see the weird little uh, Pulp Fiction moment. I, was I like, like we... that one was kind of funny, but I haven't uh, well, seen Pulp like, Fiction. So. You know what? I would have liked to see more than that moment. I don't care how charming it and is. When the I want to watch Denzel give Samuel L. Jackson, who by the way, is the actor with the highest box office gross of all time. Wait, I'm sorry. What did you just call him? Who? Samuel L. Jackson. No, no, no. Who, who gave him the award? Denzel. I'm sorry. You said, you said Denzel. Isn't it Denzel? As we all know. I'm so sorry. My mistake. No, no, this is a, this is something that I just <laughs> learned and it's a bit that I can't let go of now, which is that it, his name was Denzel. 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 Denzel Washington. Oh, that's cute. Um, Anyways. yeah, I mean, we could have watched that, but no, instead we got to watch a very upbeat choir sing. And then occasionally some people giving special shout outs to people. Oh, we didn't even talk about Reba's weird song. No, it's just, I'm like, we didn't need the skits. We don't need the music. Oh, we need what about the part, movies. What about the part in the middle of the tr- $3 trillion show that we were all watching where uh, the Academy of, of Arts, of uh, Motion Picture Arts and Sciences asked us, the general population, to do more than just think about Ukraine and, and oh, to God. donate money. And then wrote the hashtag stand with Ukraine. Hashtag stand with Ukraine. I was no, like, why don't you no donation match? No call to action. I was like, beyond- why don't y'all just not give out statuettes this year, melt them all down and donate the, the, the gold and the proceeds to the, you know what I mean? To aid or sources, just like, anything other than say, do more hashtag stand with Ukraine. Not even was- do more. I think it was, we're going to do more. You donate. 
gross. And then the cryptocurrency ad, I was like, I really can't handle this dystopia. Verizon and crypto were the only people who bought ad space for the Oscars. You just saw the same two ads. Or the entire show was essentially an ad for the Disney ABC conglomerate. Like every ad, like Chris Evans doing an extended bit about his new Buzz Buzz Lightyear Lightyear prequel movie. I'm like, I really cannot emotionally handle this right now. This is too much for me. Mm-mm-mm. so yeah All i right. thought the show was bad i thought the show was bad and i am sad that this is what we have to walk away from is this uh the inability for most people to be able to have a nuanced conversation about a really fucking bad thing that we all watched on tv last night here's what i here's here's my i need to know some final thoughts from you i need to know if there's anything that you feel good about i felt great about um, I felt great about Jessica Chastain's whole energy the whole night. She looked beautiful. She was there. She was present. She was lovely. I felt good about um, Troy Kotzer's win. Mm-hmm. I thought I in his speech. I felt good about, um, I think Regina Hall should be in everything forever. Did I think she, she was, was given the best material, but I she thought she was the best one of the three. I, I thought she did a great job. I thought I she, love her. Yeah. I love she's, her so much. She's fun. She's fun for me. I had uh, two family members at the Oscars, so I liked all the behind the scenes selfies I got to see. They looked great. Um, And yeah, so that, I mean, a lot of it was fine. It's just, that's not what, that's not what we're going to talk about. What about you? What were your good takeaways? I, yeah, I loved the number of times that the Gloucester fishing community was mentioned by the people from Goda. That was great. Um, very, very, very happy about Drive My Car winning Best Mm -hmm. International Feature. Very happy about Riz Ahmed winning for, yeah, The Long Goodbye, which was incredible. Um, Very- I want to say one thing, did not love the energy of them playing off the director of Drive My Car. No, okay. Yeah, we're we're supposed to be doing a positive thing right now, but I have to say, (laughs) no, 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 no. There was a very, I had a great conversation during the Oscars with a friend who pointed out that there was something strange going on where they had planned really, really well for Coda and for all of the deaf actors. There were sign language mm-hmm. interpreters. They did not play music over anybody. They gave them kind of like as long as they needed to talk and to sign. And uh, then just for like anybody who doesn't speak English as a first language, anytime they paused to collect their thoughts, they were just mm-hmm. like, you're done. Yep. Down with your speech. Off the stage you go, including the the director for the international best international feature winner. That is an incredibly fair point. Thank you for bringing that up. It's like a very yeah. interesting moment of like, what are we doing? You you just proved five minutes ago that you could do this. So could we just do it then? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so those are positives. But yes, so positives. I, I mean, just so thrilled at how well my ballot went. <laughs> <laughs> how many did you get right? Um, almost all of them. I only didn't get. Uh, wow, I voted my conscience for um, short film animated and um, and short film documentary, and I was wrong about both of those. And then I was also wrong about best production design, which I thought was going to go to Nightmare Alley and instead it went to Dune. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was wrong about best film editing, which I knew I was going to be wrong about, but I I really wanted to be, don't look up. That was one where I felt like- They had it. Here. That, that movie was edited in a wild way. You know, like you could give it to them. Yeah, um, I got, I think my, I, I calculated 16 out of 23 is what okay. I got. Thank you. 
Wait, that's mm-hmm. yours. That's mine. Yep. I didn't, oh, I did not count. Yours. I did not, <laughs> but it's um, 20, 23 minus four. So like 19. Great. Yep. Oh, and I didn't Fun get city. best score. Cause I thought it was going to be in Kanto. Cause I just wanted it to be. Hans Zimmer had to win it. Hans I know. I know. There, but he there invented some, instruments. Invented I know, instruments for this movie. But there were yes. <laughs> there were some that I was like, I cannot make myself click the thing that I know is going to win. I just want to. I just want to pick the thing that I I want. Yeah, I did that too. I know. I know. I probably would have gotten more if I had been like, yeah, it's going to be fucking Jessica Chastain. Don't pick Penelope Cruz, Claire. But I know. Did. That's why I did two ballots. I did one that was like, this is what I want versus this is what I think will happen. Yeah. So. so there it All is. Right. That's the our Oscar Oscars. episode. Wow. Woo-woo. Well, uh, looking ahead, I can tell you that we do have the Met Gala coming up on the first Monday in May. Um, have you done any, do you know anything about it this year? I don't even know the theme this year. I've been saving it. Do you Laying want to know what it yeah. is? Okay. So live on the we pod. We have got the theme da, 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 da. let's see here oh hold on i got it wrong now here we go all right well first of all i want to tell you co-chairs um we are looking at um i also think earlier i maybe said regina king when i met regina hall i think you said um, regina hall okay cool because i just saw regina king's name and i was like oh my god did i do that well anyways i know these because she is one of the hosts of this so we are looking at, oh my God, what is the theme? I did also do that when I said Woody Harrelson. I was like, was it Woody Harrelson? <laughs> this is a problem having a podcast is you're expected to be right about stuff. And I just am like, I don't, I'm not right uh, fairly often. More than not being right. I don't pay a lot of attention to what comes out of my mouth. And so sometimes I'm <laughs> just like being careless, being careless with my words. That's true. Um, so this next one is supposed to be something I read earlier. I feel like it's medieval. God, I, you know what? We won't talk about oh, it. You know, I it's, did see, it's a surprise for everybody. I, d- I realized I do know what it, I can't think of what it is, but I did see something about it. Cause I was like, wow, a return to form. Cause we had some, we, we had some fun ones, but now we're going back to like the heavenly bodies vibe. I know, it's very, be a good it's, one. it's very period. It, I, I felt like it was kind of 19th century esque. This is why, because I kept looking up 2022 Met Gala and because they had it in September, I like wasn't real. It was like they had that one, which was the American exhibit, which I did see. Yeah. Um, And I think that there is a second one, but we'll talk about that more when I have uh, more information, because this is decidedly not good podcast that we are giving right now, but we can just turn it right off. That's true. We could, or we can say. Good night and good luck to all of you. Thanks for being here on a Monday or when you listen to it in two days on a Wednesday, just like the Oscars should be when we vote in three years. Oh, as it should be. Good night.